Welcome to the Startup Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Nick O'Neill, and this is episode number 16. This week, I'm speaking with Tia Kelly from Unbounce. We discuss their successful page fights promotion, how Unbounce partners on and promotes their webinars, and we also discussed a number of other clever hacks that they've used to acquire customers. I'm really excited to have Tia on, so let's get started. How's it going, Tia? Good. How are you? I'm doing excellent. So I thought we could kick things off. I know you're at Unbounce. A lot of our listeners probably even know what Unbounce is. But could you briefly go over like how you got into marketing in the first place? <laughs> how I got into marketing in the first place was essentially where I grew up in a small town in Prince George, British Columbia. There weren't a whole lot of creative options as far as education goes for post-secondary. So I always thought I wanted to be in design and there weren't very many options. So I ended up going with kind of the most creative but practical solution at school. And that's kind of what I mean. I did a marketing and management diploma first at college and then followed through with a marketing degree. Wow. So you went with the easiest path. Like you should slow down with your inspiring story. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Which one was going to be the most fun? That's pretty much what I picked. And it still is. So that's good. Awesome. Okay. So at Unbounce, what is your role? I'm the social strategist here at Unbounce. So essentially, uh, every day I take care of all of the outbound and inbound social communications. I work not only with like the day-to-day stuff, but also kind of plan out and execute anything that we have campaign-based also that kind of touches everything in marketing. Sometimes we work closely with customer success, any of our new product launches, that type of thing. Awesome. Okay, so one of the things that you mentioned before when we were chatting was page fights was a campaign that you guys did. You want to share a little bit about what that is? Yeah, so page fights kind of came out of us looking to do new things with our social channels. So Tommy Walker from Conversion Excel and I were talking one day, and we kind of had this idea about some... I don't know, a lot of the things that we had seen on Google Plus tended to be very interview style, talking head stuff, and we wanted to do something different. And one of our really successful webinars that we had was actually based on landing page critiques. People seem to love, for some reason, getting their landing pages torn apart in front of people. (laughs) So we kind of took that concept from the original webinar and turned it into a little bit more of a production. We got Conversion Excel on board, and Pep Laya is also one of the frequent judges, along with Ollie Gardner, one of our co-founders. So what they do is once a month, we collect a number of landing page submissions. And along with another guest judge, they go live on air and basically just rip them to shreds. (laughs) Got it. Okay. So that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it seems to have been successful. You said people tend to like having their pages ripped apart. Is that mostly your customers at Unbounce? Uh, no, we actually, we started with our initial leads list and, um, also, Conversion Excels, we sent to our full email list. And that was kind of like how we started getting the ball rolling. Um, Our first guest judge was Ran Fishkin of Moz. And our list now is at about 2,000 subscribers. And not all of them are customers. We do get quite a few customer submissions, but we also get a lot of um, pages built in other builders as well. Got it. So it seemed to be more like a partnership with Conversion Excel. 
Yep. Oh yeah. We, everything we do from like the content to like how we promote it and what we talk about is all we. It's kind of like a collaborative project. So, you know, we've discussed webinars on here before and that tends to be a common pattern that you end up seeing for webinars is we get two companies together <laughs> and they do a joint webinar. So you're saying that that tends to be the case with you guys with all of your promotions. Yeah, for sure. Everything from even some of our eBooks, a lot of times we'll look to partner with something. We we launched a um, landing pages for PPC eBook a while back and we partnered with Hennepin Marketing and PPC Hero and they kind of helped us do some promotion around that. Same thing with our webinars. We tend to have uh, guest judges that we trust and know our experts in their space. And that's kind of like how we reach our new viewers, I guess. Same thing with page fights is our, any of our guest judges, we hope, will kind of help spread the word about page fights and bring in new viewers and new submissions for us. So how do you convince partners to work with you if they have a really large email list? Is it just, hey, we'll pay you? Or how, how do you go about doing that? <laughs> I don't think we've done any paid ones as far as I know. It's kind of a different case-by-case basis, I guess. Um, for one of our product launches, uh, not product, our new feature launches, actually, was that we had a whole bunch of new templates earlier on this year. And you're probably aware of Theme Forest. Do you yeah. know Yeah, the, the Theme Forest Marketplace. So what we did was we actually teamed up with Envato to do one of the contests that they do is called Envato's Most Wanted. And for them, this was kind of like, it's a, it's a benefit on both sides because we put up a whole bunch of prize money along with Envato who matched it. And what we did was... We, we made a call out to designers to design templates for Unbounce to be able, available in the marketplace for purchase afterwards. So the contest was kind of like a win-win for both of us. We got new templates to be able to offer to our customers, and they also got new p- templates to add to their marketplace, so it kind of makes them more attractive too. So that's one thing. Sometimes with the smaller partners, it'll just be kind of like more of a trade-off. Um, we'll find ways to match the kind of promotion that they're doing with what we're doing and, and help spread the name of their company too. Yeah, sometimes it doesn't always work out, I guess. It, it really just has to be a, a good match for both sides, I think, for it to be successful. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. So you launched the Page Fights promotion. Is that an ongoing thing? Not yeah, to like dive in excessively <laughs> here, but I am curious. Like, I'm trying to figure out what is, what's the primary takeaway that you would say that, or that you learned from going through this process? Yeah. So the reason that we actually kind of launched it through Google Plus was almost a way for us to validate it because we had the idea. We knew it did well in a webinar setting. We thought it'd be a fun and entertaining, but also educating way to kind of teach more viewers about landing pages. So after that first one, we saw how successful it was. We continue to do it. Now we do it on a monthly basis with different guest judges. Um, We've actually brought a multimedia producer onto our team. So what she's going to be doing now is looking at ways that we can turn it into a more complete production. So we use Google Hangouts as a way to validate. It was kind of like our MVP version, but it wasn't super MVP, (laughs) if you know what I mean. We had it actually pretty thought out. But now we want to find more ways that we can engage the audience, how we can build the list, build the distribution. And that's basically what we're working on right now. We have been in talks. Um, a group from Europe has contacted us and they are, they're called Traction Tribe. And they're looking to promote this over in Europe. So we're going to be doing a special European edition soon too. 
Awesome. So that's back to the partnership aspect of things. So the key takeaway here is partner, partner, partner. Yes. Uh, I guess the best way to get those partners is to be doing stuff that's successful in the first place. I guess build good content and the people will come to you. Awesome. Okay. So another thing that you mentioned before was using social promotions for driving attendees to events. Can you expand on that some? Yeah. uh, So... Our event strategist, Stephanie, had been working on our very first conference, actually, over the last year. Uh, And one thing we wanted to do was drive a lot more last-minute ticket sales because people tend to kind of wait a little bit till the last minute to squeeze out all the time they can. What we did was we we actually ran two different campaigns, kind of one right after the other. And this one also goes back to partnering, first of all. She actually contacted some of our our bigger companies that we have some pretty good relationships with. So she contacted Moz, Wistia, Uberflip. Ooh, I can't remember exactly who there was. There was a, I think there was four or five. And what she did was these companies actually sponsored tickets to our event. So they purchased the tickets outright and then offered them up to their audience and a combination of our audience and their audience and gave them the chance to come to our conference for free. So what we did was we also wanted to kind of find a way to work our service, um, our landing page builder into the promotion. So what we did was we got all the partners had their own landing page that they could direct their audience to. And entries were brought in by people building landing pages about why they wanted to go to the conference. So we had 20 entries overall, I think. And we sent, we ended up seven, sending 17 people to the conference for free based on the help from these partners. And so the way that you were getting promotion for this was having people tweet or Facebook about uh, their entries or what was the primary source of, of getting? Yeah, yeah. essentially it was um, a lot of our partners did a blog post about it. Uh, some of them emailed their lists about it. And then also, yeah, just basically people who were entering were so pumped about their own landing page that they wanted to share it online. Uh, they had to share it by uh, using the hashtag CTAConf and mentioning the partner that they were hoping would send them to the conference on Twitter. Got it. And so do you have any like numbers on the results that you had from these promotions? Um, yep. We actually, we ended up pulling in about, I think, 12 ticket purchases related directly to the contest. It could be a few more. That's based on what I followed up with right after with Steph. And our tickets were running at about, I think, face value was about $500 each. So it was like about $6,000 worth of tickets. But that was the first phase. And the, the second contest was more of a sweepstakes based. And we ended up getting 785 entries, I think, into this one. And then about 300 into the grand prize. So the second stage of the contest was actually everybody wins was the idea of it. You go to the landing page. Um, you typed in your email address and you hit the CTA and... What you got every single day was a chance to either have a discount off your ticket, a free ticket, uh, some swag, a whole bunch of other little prizes. And then where we took real advantage of was the post-confirmation page. So once they submitted into that kind of general sweepstakes draw, they had another chance to enter to win the grand prize by tweeting about it, including the hashtag, obviously, and, and our handle. And the grand prize sent one lucky person to Vancouver for the conference, all expenses paid. 
And that's where we kind of got that extra push and reach for people sharing. Okay. So the giveaway, you would say that the giveaway was more successful than uh, the, I guess the other one was the page contest? The partner. Yeah. I would just say as far as um, reach, maybe it was just, it was a little bit way lower barrier to entry. So maybe the quality of people who are entering, that's also one thing to consider, might not have been quite the same. They weren't as invested. Uh, so we also, we got some super awesome like examples and posts. We actually have a post on our Inside Unbounce blog all about the landing page contest where they built their own landing page to see why they wanted to come or tell us why they wanted to come here. So I don't know. It's kind of a balance. We tracked between the two. I don't know if you could say one was more successful. They definitely both hit the goals for what Steph had set originally. Got it. And so the main thing, though, it sounds like you have more quality leads through people that need to make a greater investment, which makes a lot of sense, versus ones where they're just like, oh, yeah, I want free stuff. Definitely. And it, and it kind of like helped us showcase the builder too, which was nice. Because a lot of times we'll have um, people in our audience, they love our blog content, they love what we're tweeting, they love that kind of thing, but m- not all of them are necessarily customers. So getting them actually into the builder to be making landing pages makes them more familiar, makes them probably more likely to stay on with us afterwards. And you have some sort of funnel tracking for figuring out that getting someone to use the builder has a high conversion into paying customer? Yeah, I would probably not be the person to talk about that kind of stuff. Once we've got them signed up for a free trial start, or a new trial start actually, rather, it's our customer success team's job to keep them on board with us. We don't have a sales team. Interesting. So no sales team, it's all organic growth. And so... You're sort of on the front lines interfacing with people via social media. Yep, definitely. Yeah, we have no sales team and we have actually just barely started to do paid advertising. Got it. Okay, so I'm actually just curious. This is totally outside of of what we discussed prior to the call. What I'm just wondering is, what has been sort of your greatest lesson learned with your existing experience at Unbounce? My greatest lesson learned. Like Ooh. maybe there'd be something that like, because what we're trying to get at is sort of practical strategies that people can use for their own business. And so maybe there's something that sort of surprised you when it came to marketing strategies that ended up working surprisingly well or anything, to be honest. But obviously the marketing information is always more interesting to our listeners. One thing that I have learned over the years is definitely to underestimate, I guess, a little bit what people will be doing. A lot of times an idea will seem really awesome to you, but it's a little bit sometimes too hard or too challenging for your actual users. So if your goal is to get as many people involved as you can, you have to make it really super easy. I also think building relationships has been extremely important, like a lot more than I had thought it was when I first started in social and maintaining those relationships. A lot of the amazing things that we, all the opportunities we get and the people that we meet are kind of built through those relationships. Like even talking to you, Nick, was an introduction through Tommy because he's kind of a person that we've built such a strong relationship with. It's like when we see these new opportunities for each other, it's pretty easy to just call them up and present them with them. That makes sense. And so how do you I'm just curious that this is also still slightly off topic, but I'm wondering, is that just something that you naturally do, which is keep on top of relationships or do you like use a CRM or something like that? 
Yeah, no, it's actually something that I want to start developing a more kind of formal process. I wouldn't say formal, but a more organized process for a lot of it is just because I want to and I'm super interested in it. And I think it matters. And I think I that's kind of like one thing that's really important to everyone at our company, I think, is just that we're really we care about our company enough to want to make those relationships and try to help talk about Unbounce and get Unbounce out there all the time. Awesome. Okay. So one thing that you had mentioned before was trust radius reviews. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I guess that has to do with more indirect relationships, but you mentioned that this was a really effective strategy for you guys. First of all, what is trust radius? And then how did you guys leverage it? Yeah, so Trust Radius is um, it's an like an online review site, so you can go in and type in any kind of software that you're researching, and it'll give you some honest reviews of users that have actually used your product. And it goes quite in depth and breaks down into different categories of like it was not just like a five star rating. I thought this was great. It tells, and you're able to even give some like pros and cons. So we've actually used some of those reviews to find out uh, things that our customers maybe weren't super happy about, which is nice. But by having those relationships built through just social, Trust Radius kind of gave us the opportunity to be a part of um, a guide or a resource that they're building. I don't think it's out yet. But what they needed from us was that there needed to be more reviews in the system. So naturally, the nice thing is here that we're all super close to each other. So we worked with customer success and through contacts that I had on social to reach out to customers that we knew are already our advocates. And and it was really easy to just get in a couple extra reviews in there so that we're able to be part of this new partnership with Trust Radius. So it's like our customers helped us this time around. It was cool. Okay, but you're saying that that so there's no actually results yet because the site isn't even up. Well, Trust Radius is up, but they're building like an extra guide so that yeah, no, we don't have the results for that one yet. But just being able to like we wouldn't have even been able to be a part of the whole campaign if it wasn't for building those relationships and being able to contact them and ask them to provide some of this information for us. Awesome. Okay, so one last thing that you mentioned beforehand was using, this is a completely, totally different topic. So I was trying to think of a nice transition here, but we're just going <laughs> to just switch right in. Uh, so the other one was Twitter chats for webinars. Uh, you guys host webinars, but you said you leverage Twitter chats in order to drive more people to the webinars, build awareness. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, one of the main things we do is uh, because when we are using our go-to webinar, it's not really the best platform for other attendees to engage with us. They can ask one-on-one questions, but to really kind of like build up the following and get people into it each week, it works for page fights too. It is so awesome for page fights because you have people, it's almost like having a live audience that you're hearing the feedback from instantaneously. So the nice thing is with page fights and with our webinars, we're able to kind of take any kind of live questions or live comments, feedback from the people who are watching it live and give it back to our staff on this side of the microphone. And they're able to address that kind of stuff. And it makes, it just makes the content a lot more relevant, I think, to people who are listening. So if they have a question, they don't have to wait and then email us after or talk to us after. And we also, what we do is we put our guest judge on Twitter right after the webinar. So if there's anything that didn't get addressed live during the actual webinar or page fight session or whatever, they can go on and it gives them a chance to talk one-on-one with these people that they're listening to. 
So a lot of times you'll just kind of sit in, listen, and they're, they're people who are pretty well known often, and it gives them a chance, those people on Twitter, to have that one-on-one conversation with these influential speakers. Awesome. And so is there any specific tactic or something that, I mean, is it just the utilization of a hashtag on Twitter is sufficient for just expanding the conversation or the dialogue and then building more awareness? I mean, is that, that sounds like the key takeaway here. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times I'll have stuff set up beforehand, like some of the the key slides from the presentation or links that the webinar presenter is mentioning. And I'll tweet those out and just kind of help along the conversation, answering questions on there. I've had a lot of times it's happened where we're just doing the webinar live and all of a sudden I'll be following the hashtag and someone will chime in and be like, what the heck is this unwebinar that's going on? And that's kind of where we introduce new people to our list. Great. So, okay, we went over the page fights. We discussed the social promotions for the events, trust radius, and the Twitter chats for webinars. Is there anything else that you think would be important for people to know about the marketing that you guys are up to over at Unbounce? Oh, one more thing was that we were, I was going to talk to you about kind of how to use social for events that you're sponsoring. So what we tend to do is we don't like to just give money to an event and be listed as the sponsor. Uh, One thing we did this year that was really cool was at MozCon, we, instead of just having a booth, we ended up setting up a ping pong table, made it more interactive, had a whole bunch of swag, and then we ran a contest on site at the event where we, we leveraged the hashtag that was already being used, but we, we got people to engage with each other by finding these little stickers that we put around. We called them the spy stickers. So if you were wearing a sticker, you were a spy. And we had everybody taking pictures of those. So it really just got people talking about our brand with in conjunction with like the MozCon hashtag that everybody's following. And then also Wistia, who is a partner with us on that. So it just really got a lot of people. I think we had like over 400 tweets just around using both of our brand mentions and MozCon together. So that was a really cool way for us to kind of make more of an impact at an event that we were sponsoring. Can you actually take me specifically through that process though? So you're saying that you had a contest that took place in person. So so how does that work? So someone walks up to the booth, they're playing ping pong and you walk <laughs> up and you say, hey, yeah. check out this contest. Pretty much. We had um, some a few cards built out. We built a landing page, of course, that had all the details. Uh, so it was called Spy at Moz. And we had these little cards built that they could go to that URL if they needed more information. But we essentially said, keep an eye out for all these stickers, take a picture, and then tweet it with the MozCon hashtag and mention at Unbounce and at Wistia, and you'll be entered to win. We gave away a $1,000 flight voucher, and then we gave away some conference tickets too for incentive. Wow, okay. So you use stickers, take a photo, and then post it to Twitter, and then you'll be entered into the drawing. Yeah, yeah, we did. It was pretty much, it was kind of like a cross, it was like social and live promotion at the same time. (laughs) Cool. All right. Well, if people want to get in touch with you, how can they do that? Uh, Super easy. I am very available via email, just Tia at unbounce.com, or you can tweet me at lil underscore T, L-I-L underscore T-E-A. Sounds like an AOL screen name or something. I know. It's, it was uh, before I wanted anyone to know who I was on the internet and I haven't changed it yet. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming on today. (laughs) Thanks so much, Nick. Listeners, 
Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this week's podcast. And I look forward to seeing you next week. Stop, you'll only find me good.